Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Yay, yay, it is championship week, baby. And we are back. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast is here for you. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, of course, here with the only twin that's up in the hizzle, giving you the rizzle for shizzle, my nizzle. You already know. Your rizzle, kadizzle, flavivil, parkanizzle, parshnevob, oh, izzle. Parcheesy. I bet you didn't even know what half those words were. I invented those words. That's right. Anyway, we're, we're back. Um, me and Michael, my bro, of course. Um, this is the review show, but before we get started, just going to remind you, last week... We had another successful live stream. Thank you to everyone who asked us questions. Again, we missed Prashad Perriman. But yeah, everyone else, we, we, we gave pretty good advice. Um, and a lot of people, well, I'll talk about it later, but a lot of people asked us whether they should sit Tyreek Hill. Well, not for nothing, we didn't miss Prashad Perriman. We just chose other options. Like in the Tampa Bay receiving core, we still liked Prashad Perriman the most outside of Godwin. Yes. Like, there were some Justin Watson shooters out there. No, I mean, no. I still like Prashad Perriman as a flex play. I just, I didn't want to take the risk if I had other options. And clearly, he was better than most other options. We'll talk about it in a second, but just wanted to know that we're coming with another live stream this um, this Sunday. Sunday. Yes. Uh, this time, it's going to be Jason and I. So, uh, a little bit of a different feel. But Jason, again, last week, the number seven ranker in the entire country. You're going to want to hear his advice on Saturday morning. So get your popcorn ready and get your Instagrams loaded. Um, that is on Sunday at noon Eastern time, 9 Pacific time, and um, other times everywhere else. Holler back. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's get started right away. What do you say, Mike? Let's do it. A lot of news breaking. So... What, what's the guy's name again? I keep forgetting. The Tom? Guy's name? Is it Tom? Ted? Ted? Ted. Bring us in. Oh, that's what you mean. <laughs> Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around Donny the world H. in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. Good old Donnie H. Not Ted. How could I say Ted? Um, let's start with the You'd first. You'd think we'd realize the name by now. No. Like, remember it, especially because we always say his name right after he says it. I have very bad memory. I have great memory. That's why I'm, it's very frustrating that I can't remember Donnie H. Especially because you always repeat Donnie H. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> one thing that we can remember and we can tell you, and we want to tell you this right off the bat because we're just getting started, about how many minutes in? Three minutes in. T.Y. Hilton expected to suit up for the Colts Week 15 matchup against the Saints, according to Adam Schefter, who has his hand on the pulse of everything. Ooh. Um, so if you have T.Y. Hilton... You're probably going to want to get him in that lineup if you do not have... I think it's more of a bad thing overall because you don't know how involved T.Y. Hilton is going to be, but you know that Zach Pascal is not going to be as involved as he used to be. So the fact that Zach Pascal is now, you know, is now going to be rendered almost useless, um, a lot of people probably crying right now over that. Yeah, I wouldn't say useless. I'm sure he'll still get targets uh, because Hilton will be covered by Lattimore, but... Even with that, it's just tough because Zach Pascal is like one good game ever with T.Y. Hilton on the field also, which is not good. So his uh, 
his ceiling drops a lot. Oof. Um, yeah, for sure. I was just reading one of the notes, and oh man, uh, I'll tell you when we get to it. It's it's a mess. Um, Janoris Jenkins claimed by the Saints. Um, Janoris Jenkins has seen better days, but look, the Saints have a habit of taking old giants who suck and making them into decent players. True that. Uh, you saw that with Eli Apple, and uh, maybe you see that with Janoris Jenkins. Um, Hunter Renfro is expected to play on Sunday and suit up. That's a big deal, not just only because Hunter Renfro might be a playable option if you really need it, although I would not advise playing Hunter Renfro in a championship game. This is more for the... Sorry about that. The Darren this is Waller more crowd. for the Darren Waller crowd, who, if you are have been banking on some Darren Waller, then uh, you're probably pretty disappointed on the, by this news. Yeah. The last three weeks without Hunter Renfro, he's been the number one guy putting up number one numbers, and now Renfro's going to return. Pretty shocking. I figure he'd be out the rest of the season with the injury, but yeah, definitely not great news for Darren Waller owners. Um, Josh Gordon. Uh, in, in this week's sad events news, Josh Gordon suspended indefinitely. Um, he has violated the substance abuse policy again by the NFL. Uh, it's a tough one because there is definitely a double standard. Um, this happens in the same week that the NFL, that the N- MLB, excuse me, decides that it was going to take THC and CBD off of their list of banned substances. Um, we know um, from the stories of, uh, what's his name, the punter that's on Barstool now. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, he has stories about how he used to smoke weed almost every day when he was in the NFL, but he had to stay clean for a month in the beginning and they would leave him alone. Josh Gordon, unfortunately, did not have that because he failed so many tests. He was always getting tested, and it looks like he fails another test. Um, this is something that's probably been in the works, which is probably why the, the Patriots let him go. Um, sucks because he flashed what he could be on a, an amazing diving catch last week. And ah, sucks for Josh, man. Just... I hope you get it together, Josh. I really do, man. I mean, probably his career is over at this point. I mean, there's always the XFL. Well, NFL-wise. If I'm an NFL team, there's a 0% chance to take a chance on Josh Gordon. Because you just never know if he's going to be there or not. Yeah. Uh, it sucks, man, because you know the people around him are smoking weed. And I mean, you're getting paid millions of dollars. Just don't smoke weed, man. I mean, listen, I agree. Uh, there was a day where I used to indulge, and I stopped, and I didn't have a million dollars staring at me in the face. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's possible, but you just have to have your mind right. Uh, Terrell Suggs, Chiefs nab, ter- nab Terrell Suggs off waivers from AZ. That comes from straight from the the typing of Roto World. The, world, um, that's the, the word was that Suggs would only go to the Ravens, but I guess KC is good enough for him. Well, he got claimed off waivers by KC. No guarantees that he'll sign there. True. But you got to think a guy with a competitive edge like Terrell Suggs Maybe he signs there. He definitely wants to be on a winning team. Yes. I think that's why he wanted to go back to Baltimore. Well, and the familiarity with Baltimore as well probably had a lot to do with it. He could he could make a difference with those Chiefs. Yeah. I mean, they could use some... No no team could not use some Terrell Suggs in their life. I, he, was having, he, he wasn't having a Terrell Suggs here. I mean, he he's wasn't... not Terrell Suggs anymore. He's right. not the Terrell Suggs. He's older. He's a veteran, but still a nice guy to have around. And best one of the best nicknames in the game, T-Sizzle. T Sizzle can't can't get better than T Sizzle. We started the show off with a bunch of Zizzles. Not even on purpose. 
Um, All right, maybe that was just in the back of your mind. That's why you're doing it. It's possible. Dalvin Cook could play with a shoulder injury, according to Mike Zimmer. Yeah, right. Um, Dalvin Cook said it feels good today. I'll tell you what, as a person who was completely and utterly blindsided and lost my one of my matchups to get to the championship because of Dalvin Cook, I could tell you that if you're a Dalvin Cook owner, this has to scare you in two ways. The first way, if he doesn't play. Right, and if you don't have Boone, uh, if you don't have Madison, if he comes back, the second way that this could hurt you is if he does play, and he exits the game early again, because this is the same shoulder he injured before, and this is also the same shoulder that he had surgery on in college. So this is not something that's just out of the blue. Oh, my shoulder sore, but whatever kind of thing. This is a. I mean, it looked like he was in a lot of pain too. Yes. Ah. <sighs> It's it, this one's a tough one, man. This I'd one, be shocked if he was playing on Sunday. And I, not, that's the worst part. They play Monday night. I'd be shocked if he was playing Monday night. So Dalvin Cook owners are gonna have to have a contingency. Like if plan. he goes through the whole week without a single practice, just don't use him. Yes, you have to monitor his practices. Um, they don't pay us or anything, but the Roto World app is a fantastic app for people who just care about football news. That's literally where we get the the new segment that we're currently reading right now. So. Pick it up. It's it's really simple. It's not one of those apps where you could just like stay on it all day, like Instagram or Facebook. But if you want the top news in the NFL, it's coming at you right away. This is the one I was looking at before, and I was like, oh, boy. I'm going to read this right from Mike Silver on Twitter, who is the source. NFL Network's Mike Silver reports Jarvis Landry is one of multiple Browns players who yelled, come get me to the Cardinals sideline on Sunday. It is the same line Odell Beckham reportedly shouted to various teams earlier this year. Landry has shown in a heated was shown in a heated spat with Coach Freddie Kitchens on the sideline Sunday, but later downplayed the scene in his weekly press conference, stating it doesn't surprise him since he likes the energy and passion the guys play with. The six and eight Browns, um, and then it goes on to talk about that. That's straight again from Roto World, and the source is Mike Silver on Twitter. So the Browns are looking like they are a hot. Hot mess. The Browns are just back to being the Browns after like a half a season last year of looking like they had some promise. What a joke. Freddie Kitchens, the fact that he still has a job after that performance against Arizona, that was one of the most embarrassing performances I've ever seen in my life. John Dorsey, the GM who built the Kansas City Chiefs, who started with the Browns, he was making some smart decisions, including getting Jarvis Landry from the Dolphins. He really remade that roster. And then he made a series of really dumb decisions where I think that he kind of got out of his own way where, number one, he traded a his best pass-blocking guard lineman for an outside wide receiver. That almost never works in the NFL. Um, number two, he hired Freddie Kitchens as his head coach just because his 22-year-old quarterback wanted it. And that's something that I mentioned in the offseason. I mentioned on the Veterans Minimum Preview Show where if you are basing your head coaching search on that, on what your 22-year-old quarterback says he wants, that's a problem. Dude, then, I was watching ESPN the other day. You know, Paul Feinbaum, the, uh, yeah, the college football the guy. Alabama guy. He... So he basically said, "I." he literally said, I've known Freddie Kitchens, I've followed Freddie Kitchens my whole life, like from high school to college to the NFL, and there's not, and he's one of the worst hires in NFL history. Like, first off, if I'm Freddie Kitchens, I'm going and fighting Paul Feinbaum for saying something that disrespectful. 
first off. <laughs> Second off, I mean, if that's true, that makes the Browns look even worse. <laughs> I mean, and especially because they had Greg Williams in-house, which a lot of people call him an asshole, but sometimes you got to be an asshole to be a good coach. And what he's done with the Jets' defense this year has been nothing short of spectacular. And he had them winning. And Freddie Kitchens was not even an offensive coordinator. And you see that that press conference with uh, with Miles Garrett. What happened after Miles Garrett? And someone said like like repercussions. To oh, he said I'm not smart enough for that. And I'm not smart enough to know those. And it's just like, yo, you're an NFL head coach. Like you're supposed to know schemes and like like Mike Tomlin would never say something like that. <laughs> you know, yeah. John Harbaugh would never say something <clears throat> like that. Then these are guys in the division. So, ugh. This is a tough one with the Browns, man. That 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 franchise went from cover of Sports Illustrated to looking like they're right back in the shitter real quick. Some more news, and this is um, this is some big time news here. Will Greer expected to start on Sunday in place of Kyle Allen, who's been an absolute turnover machine. About damn time. Um, what does this mean for the Carolina situation? I don't really think it changes much for Moore or Samuel or McCaffrey. How could it not though? I mean, the way Kyle Allen has played the last two weeks, just a turnover machine not being able to throw down the field, it's not like Will Greer could be that much worse. I mean, they're going to get their targets either way. In the preseason, just in case you were wondering, Greer was 34 for 61 for 385 yards, 6.3 yards per attempt. So did not, not have great. a great. But a lot of people liked him out of the out of the draft, and he was a third rounder. It's not like they didn't invest draft capital in Will, Will Greer. That's, a, that's draft capital. Yeah. Had a good, had a very prolific college career. So, um, wide receiver DJ Chark cleared do, do, to, do, 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 to return to the field. Um, traveled with Oakland to the, with the team to Oakland despite being ruled out. Um, could come back next week. Obviously, Gardner Minshew loves to throw to him. What are the odds that the Jaguars put Minshew back in the game and then they won a game? Holy shit! Who would have seen that coming? <laughs> Um, DJ Chark looks like he's going to play. So if you're a Chark owner and you've made it this far, uh, I'm comfortable placing him back in my lineup next week. Yeah, probably. I mean, or still early, but I wouldn't be shocked if they play play it cautious with him since they're out of the playoff hunt. But if he's ruled in, then go for it. Matt Nagy reports that the Bears will play their starters in the last two games of the season. This is good news since with that loss last week, the Bears probably. Um, Lost their playoff shot. Did you see the last play for the Bears? The last play? The the laterals. Oh, if they flipped it to Allen Robinson, he was out, they son. win. He was out. Yep. He was out. He would have won. It would have been another uh They situation. got all the way to like the 12-yard line. I, I forget who got tackled, but dude, just turn your head. He was a white fullback guy, like 44, I think was the number. But yo, just turn your head. Yeah, man. Allen Robinson is on the sideline alone. Like he would have... Got hit at like the one yard line. He yeah. would have just had to expen- extend the. You ball. don't know that though because Allen Robinson. You know, I know we we we're not the biggest Allen Robinson fans on this show, but the dude has speed, so maybe he turns on the Jets a little bit. Either way, I think he would have got in. Ah man, that's that's a tough break for the Bears, man. Because you win like that, and then all of a sudden you have momentum. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right now, Seattle Seahawks are the number one seed in the NFC. Disgusting. Do you hate the Seahawks? Just disgusting. Bro? The I, Saints and 49ers are so much. On a higher level than Seattle, it's a joke. Um, Chris Godwin, Bruce Arian says Chris Godwin's hamstring string injury doesn't look good. 
I would be shocked if he played, which is a big one. They said it's Mike Evans-esque, so be prepared to play without Chris Godwin. Not only that, if you're a dynasty player, be prepared to possibly have him miss some time next year if it's like a torn hamstring. Same with Mike Evans. Um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Scotty Miller, all of them injured with hamstring injuries. What are they putting in the water in Tampa? Hamstring latest. Yeah. Uh, Training staff, heads up. Your wide receivers need strong hamstrings, just in case you were wondering. Um, I think that's it for the news. Worth mentioning that uh, uh, I'm probably not going to make a change, but Mike Tomlin was noncommittal when asked about Duck Hodges uh, being the starting quarterback after they lost. So that is what it is. I mean, that the Steelers offense, I I was – Happy they were playing Sunday night so the whole world could see that their offense was an absolute joke. I said that on the podcast. I said they were going to lose 20-3. to They ended up losing 17-10. to That was a Either th- way, their offense was an absolute joke. That was a really good, bad game. Yeah. Like, the defenses played really well. It's not like the offenses were playing bad. It's just that the defense were all over the place. And the Steelers' offense is a joke. Sure. <laughs> that, too. Um, You guys, you ready to hit the... The next one, Big the, Dog. The first segment. That's right. This is the We Saw That Coming, the things that we got, we got right this week. I saw that coming from a mile away. I'll start this one off because it was my guaranteed touchdown of the week, and it came through, extending my streak to six weeks. Oh, yeah, brother. Christopher Carson, one of the easiest uh, guarantees in the history of guarantees this week. Um, not often do you see everything align in place as it it can be and with the stars aligning in the galaxy. But Chris Carson, Rashad Penny went down. On top of that, they were playing Carolina, who was the worst run defense in the league, according to fantasy points given up to the running back. And what needed to happen happened accordingly. 24 rushes for 133 yards and two touchdowns for Chris Carson. He also caught a reception with for four yards just to put a little cherry on that cake. Um, Chris Carson was the beast that we expected him to be. And look, I just want to say something about Chris Carson, too, because we obviously like Chris Carson a lot. We had him ranked inside our top five, which was actually higher than consensus. And ended Derek, up at number six because of the crazy big games that running backs had this week. Uh, Derek Cardi, uh, owner of... Uh, creator of the bat is like uh, a projection system that's been the number one like baseball projection system for like years. It's impressive stuff. Also does that for football as well. And like yo, sometimes these projections, like yeah, they're cool and all, but they're projecting. They're not projecting ceiling, right? Like they're projecting the average outcome for these guys. So he was like, "Why are people treating Carson like a smash DFS play?" This is in DFS terms, but. When he's when you're literally just banking on him being Leonard Fournette, like this week you just want him to be Leonard Fournette that that type of volume, and my projections don't even get don't even see him getting that type of volume, dude. Come on, like Leonard, the Jaguars have been terrible, and this Seattle runs the ball nonstop, and Carolina has one of the worst run defenses in the league. Like sometimes it's just that simple. Like you don't have to use these projections to show things. Like that just blew my mind. Like if you're trusting Leonard Fournette over Chris Carson last week. It just it blew my mind. So I just had to say that because, yeah, Chris Carson totally saw that coming. This one, yo, I had to say this because my first we saw that coming, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Because there were way too many people out there who were who were scared about Lamar Failing Jackson Lamar Thursday Jackson. night. I know. Like, we even got some questions like, oh, I'm scared he's going to sit out the fourth quarter or something. It's like, so then he already put up 30 points for you. So be it. 
37. Like, and then some people, like, there were literally people out there scared about starting Lamar Jackson. And it blew my mind. And he put up 37 points. So, yeah, obviously. He was our QB1, period. Like, come on. And he will be next week. And he'll probably open the year next year as QB1. Um, Devontae Parker is my next. We saw that coming. Me and Michael. Yo, Michael, I hate you. Do you know what I'm about to say? The Tyreek Hill bet. Yo, all right. So, we were telling a lot of people to play Tyreek Hill. But someone said, do I play Tyreek Hill or do I play Devontae Parker? And I thought it wasn't crazy to sit Tyreek Hill for Devontae Parker. So me and Michael made a bet, and this was on the live stream on Sunday. Who has more fantasy points, Devontae Parker or Tyreek Hill? Do you know what the fantasy points ended up coming out to in half-point PPR? Like a half-point difference or something? Devontae Parker, 21.2 points. Tyreek Hill, 21.3 points. Fuck you for that win. You don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. I'm just putting it out there. I think I deserve it. Nah, you don't deserve <laughs> it. It's bullshit. But anyway, Devontae Parker, phenomenal day. Four receptions for 72 yards and two touchdowns. Um, the reason we saw this coming was very simple. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a good quarterback, one of the most underrated quarterbacks of our generation. And I know as a Jet fan, he was the most fun I've ever had watching a quarterback play. Devontae Parker is a beast. He just got an extension. And the most important part, he's playing the Giants secondary, who makes a living out of giving up Giants fantasy performances to receivers. So Devontae Parker was in a smash spot, and he smashed. Again, people were fading him because they were smashed. afraid about the injury. People were fading him because they were afraid about but him it was a concussion. extension. Like, people were fading him because they were like, oh, it's still the Dolphins, yada, yada, yada. No, Devontae Parker, smash spot, smashed it. We saw that coming. Michael, who's your Dude, second Dude, my next we saw that coming is something I say regretfully as a Jets fan. It's Ryan Tannehill, and you're saying, how does that have to do with the Jets? Last year, Ryan Tannehill was sixth in true throw value. So we were like, either Ryan Tannehill is secretly a very good quarterback, or Adam Gase secretly turns QBs into efficiency monsters. And now Ryan Tannehill is the number one true throw value quarterback creeping up on Patrick Mahomes from last season. So clearly it was just Ryan Tannehill being a beast, not and he, Adam Gase. And he also leads the league in air yards since week eight. Yeah, and Adam Gase clearly didn't have anything to do with it because Devontae Parker also sucked under Adam Gase. So did Kenyon Drake. Don't get me started. Don't be one of those guys. I tweeted about this all day I'm yesterday. I'm saying it was upsetting. It's confirmation bias, and I don't like it. But look, Ryan Tannehill, 25 points again. We had him locked and loaded. Someone on Twitter asked. Someone on Twitter had a poll, Garoppolo, Prescott, or Tannehill. Garoppolo was winning the poll, and I commented, this is absolutely insane. The answers to Ryan Tannehill told him about true throw values. He was like, oh, this is really cool. Thanks. He ended up starting Garoppolo because he got over 55% of the votes. And then he tweeted at us after saying, I went with the consensus. I should have stuck with you guys. Yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> can I just can I just give you a little, uh, just a little Jets rant, real quick, just a Gase rant. Ugh. All these people swore Adam Gase was going to suck, and now they're using this Kenyon Drake for confirmation bias, and it's bullshit. Okay, because here's why. No, I'm using Ryan Tannehill and Devontae Parker as confirmation. Well, Ryan bias. Tannehill was on the top of the leaderboards last year in true throw value. So what he did was he made that offense run. Also, Kenyon Drake had a decent season, but he only caught passes. He didn't run the ball between the tackles. But where was that tweet, and where was all this when Kenyon Drake was sucking balls the last four weeks? <laughs> we All of a sudden, four touchdowns for Kenyon Drake. Holy moly. He's the reason why he sucks. Kenyon Drake, this is his first win of the season and only his second 100-yard total game. 
Relax, everyone. Pump the brakes on some Kenyan Drake. Pump it up. Relax. Pump, He's pump playing it a up. team that's completely out of the out of everywhere. And yeah, okay, Devontae Parker, I'll give you. But we mentioned how we always waited for Devontae Parker. This could just be a player coming into his own. I just want to say this. The Jets, CJ Mosley, Avery Williamson, Leonard Williams, Sam Darnold, Kalichi Osimile, Quincy Anuma, Chris Herndon, Tremaine Johnson, Jamal Adams, Quinton Williams, Lev Bell. All of these guys have either missed time or, or a significant portion of time. Chad Pennington. For real, though, that's a lot of good players. It is, yeah. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight starters out of 22. What is that, math? That's a third of the starters. More, but yeah. More than slightly a third. More. Slightly more than a third of the starters. Give can, can we not crucify Adam Gase just yet? I'm just saying. Sam Darnold is looking like a fucking stud. And people who said they said Sam Darnold didn't play well against the Ravens, you weren't watching the game. Yeah, he threw two touchdowns against the Ravens, which is not an easy task, and he made some crazy throws. That touchdown throw to Crowder was was ridiculous, glorious. and that yeah. was his second touchdown throw of the drive. Yeah, Crowder, that dropped pass by Crowder was also hilarious. Yeah, I mean, oof. how do you make how do you drop that ball and then make that catch the next play? Talking about Crowder, I'm gonna lose one of my matches because I sat him. I mean, you can't blame yourself for sitting. I mean, James I, and Crowder. I started him the two weeks prior. Blame yourself. I can kill myself. Blame yourself, fool. That's it for we saw that coming, right? Yeah, but you know what I didn't see coming? I have no championships. None. Damn. Five leagues. Tim, I So the Tingle League where we were hoping to meet in the finals. Well, I can still win, but I'm not gonna. I need twenty four for Michael Thomas. That's that's doable. Against I, Pierre Desir on the Colts, it's very doable. It's, I hope. It's doable. But yeah. and I have and, and I, I already need, won in the Brodo Keeper League, so I'm in there. <clears throat> so you got it. I need someone to I need Jared Cook to somehow outscore Drew Brees. By six. All right. Literally, let's move on. Literally impossible <laughs> unless Drew Brees goes three for three with three touchdowns to Jared Cook. That would be a surprise. surprise. <laughs> that would be surprising. Uh, let's move on to the uh, to the no. Did we do the surprise surprise segment? We have not. Oh, let's do a surprise surprise then. Surprise, motherfucker! Michael on the on the ones and twos today. The drop took way too long to start. <laughs> I don't know what that was about. Um, let's start with our first surprise surprise. My first surprise surprise is Kenyon Drake, man. Um, four touchdowns, four touchdowns. And he was looking like he was ready for a fifth as the Kenyan Drake Stan of the world. I'm hyped. Um, I will say this though. The reason why this is a surprise surprise is his lines of 11 for 37, 13 for 31, 16 for 67 and 10 for 35 in his last few games did not lend itself to this guy's going to flourish. In fact, David Johnson getting more work than he usually gets last week maybe lent to the possible thought that it would go back to more of a split backfield between Drake and, and Johnson. That was not the case. Drake got all the work, and he lit on fire a team that was absolutely is absolutely lost in the world right now. Yep. So, good shit, Kenyon Drake. I didn't see it coming in. If you had the balls to start Kenyon Drake in a semifinals matchup, sir, you deserve to win. You're kind of dumb, but you deserve to win. I mean, you deserve it. I mean, <laughs> I mean you're not – you know what? You're not dumb. We're the it's dumb true. ones. We're the dumb ones. My first surprise, surprise, Rashad Perriman. I mean, damn. 113 yards and three touchdowns, five receptions. The crazy thing is he only saw six targets. Like, if you told me prior to the game Rashad Perriman's going to see six targets, I'd be like, all right, then it's a good thing I only have him in my flex spot and not higher than that, like, as a flex option. But to go 113 and three on five targets, like, Roto, the Roto World blurb on Yahoo – I found this hilarious when I read it. Bo- he'll he'll be a borderline wide receiver one pending injury reports. 
Because Godwin and Evans are out, so as crazy as it sounds, Rashad Perriman might have to be up there because Jameis Winston just became the first quarterback ever to have two straight 450-yard passing games. First quarterback ever. I mean, the Duke is slang. Ever. No one, no one said he can't slang it. The problem first is quarterback since Ben Roethlisberger to even have two 450-plus passing yard games in a season. Back-to-back, first ever. I'm telling you right now, Jeez. I would... If I was the Steelers, I would go hard after Jameis Winston in the offseason. Hard. The, the feeling is that they are going to commit. The Bucks are going to commit to Jameis Winston and just hope they can build around him. I mean, I, it's not it's not the worst I, idea. Look, we have our, our qualms with Jameis Winston, and the guy throws stupid picks. But the man's a baller. It's... He's, he's a ball. Such he's such an odd guy. He, he's a ball. He's the guy at the park who shoots every time he, he has the ball, and sometimes he bricks it off the backboard, and sometimes sometimes you hate him being on your team. Yeah. Sometimes you love, and sometimes he sinks thirty five footers. And right now he's sinking thirty five footers. He threw his obligatory first pick. Like he did. I think the first on throw the of the game. Second play, it's like yeah, <laughs> like he threw a pick, and then he threw over two hundred yards in that quarter and over four hundred fifty at the end of the game. And holy moly, James Winston. Um, my good next thing we told that guy on the live stream to play Winston over Brady, huh? Oh yeah. Oh, he was playing in a ten thousand dollar league. Yeah. I gotta ask what happened. Oh yeah. Gee. Word. Yeah, yeah. I gotta ask him. Um, Miles Sanders is my second surprise. Surprise. Not that he's not a good player. Not that he wasn't gonna get the lion's share of the carries, and not that he wasn't in a good matchup. One hundred and seventy-two total yards and two touchdowns on twenty-five touches. Holy moly, that is what you call He a, finally had that blow-up game all the Miles Sanders truthers have been waiting for. That's what you call a coming-out party. 50 yards and six passes in the air, too. Two touchdowns. Hold your hands up in the air. I'll tell you what, Miles Sanders, I'm I'm a little mad at you because I could have used this last week in a bunch of my leagues, um, and you really let me down. But you know what? I love you anyway. Man, I... I, I Facts. Can I, can I just say this is the first this is the first year in like since I started taking fantasy seriously where I'm not playing in a championship I don't even know what to do with myself like I'm usually my father you had bad playoff luck this I year. had really bad playoff luck my team that uh yeah my team I I played a team that's put up 174 because sometimes that's what it, it the fantasy sometimes just boils down to luck like yeah. if you played the team who his team was not his team was bad enough. To need to start Brashad Perriman. Yeah. Like, my team was too good to start Brashad Perriman. There were teams out there that teams were not good enough to not start Brashad Perriman. And those teams got rewarded. It's pretty crazy. It is pretty crazy. In but fact, that's how fantasy football works sometimes. But don't let that stop you guys because I just, well, now that I'm just looking at it, I just put T.Y. Hilton into my lineup um, to secure my fifth place finish. In that league where I got scored on 172 last week. Um, you, everyone's still alive. Michael, who's your second surprise surprise? Mike Boone of the Minnesota running backs. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota running backs. <laughs> he is also, also of the Minnesota running backs. Yeah, the MRBs. 13 <laughs> rushes, 56 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns off the bench. Look, if Dalvin Cook misses next game, which I would bet money on. If Alexander Madison misses next game again, Mike Boone gets Green Bay. And Mike Boone is not some random third-string running back who isn't very good. Mike Boone has been a preseason star for years now and just hasn't been given a real chance. And he, he looked very good last week. He's just another one of those Minnesota running backs with the with the dreads coming out the bottom of the helmet so you can't tell if it's Cook, Madison, or Boone. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, 
I'd be very excited about starting Mike Boone next week if those guys miss time. Michael mentioned this in the offseason, and it was one thing that went over a lot of analysts' head. Gary Kubiak being added to that Vikings situation as the special advisor to the offensive coordinator. Um, not only can he coach a run game, but he could scout the run. And you look at the running backs that he has on his team, it's Cook, it's Madison, who's looked good, it's Boone, and even Amir Abdullah, who has had, you know, has proven that he's not an every down back in the NFL, but has some talent. That's a really, really, really good running back room over there, and they're doing good things with that running back yeah, room. Yeah, in a, in an NFL world where passing is like king at this point by far, Gary Kubiak's still out there doing it through the run. One of the biggest misconceptions in the world that that – Passing is king in the NFL. Last year, 10 of 12 playoff teams were in the top. Right, don't get me started with this conversation. We're in the top 10 of rushing. Don't get me started with this conversation. It'll, it'll last too long. Why? You're not going to just. Enough. Rushing builds off the best. We're done with surprise, surprise, right? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> we're done. Let's go into our next segment, Stock Rising. This is our last Stock Rising of the year, people. It is. There's no more places to rise to. No more. It's championship week. Except rising to a championship. Let's see who can help you win a championship next week. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analyst indicator could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. Speaking of Grand Slam home runs, if you were desperate enough to start Anthony Miller last week, you hit yourself a Grand Slam home run. This is a guy who we've mentioned in this segment before, but now it's pretty much official that he is going to be peppered with targets over and over again. In one of the worst matchups that he could have against Green Bay, he excelled a week after excelling against Dallas. 15 targets. Nine catches, 118 yards, and a touchdown. Anthony Miller, 23.5 points on PPR. He absolutely murdered the game. Um, If you started Anthony Miller, congratulations. He was not a guy that I was trusting because of the fact that we hadn't seen him in a great matchup yet, and now I think you can do it. That brings up a good, and we're going to talk about this on Wednesday, it brings up a really good debate. Kansas City, 31st in terms of giving up wide receiver points this year. Can you play Anthony Miller in this game? <sighs> Let's see. Let's see. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but he's been killing it. So, if I have a way I have way more confidence in Anthony Miller now than I did around week 7. That's oh, yeah, for sure absolutely. because you you're talking about a guy that before week before week 10 had one game at over eight points. Yuck. After week 11, one game at eight points. Yeah. So he He's went from hot. his ceiling was eight Smoky. to his floor was eight. And this is a guy that Michael and I really loved coming into the season. He came into the season hurt. People forget that. So I wonder how much of this had to do with the bye week, getting some rest, getting... Uh, Getting himself right and then coming back. Also, a lot of this has to do probably with the improved play of Mr. Trubisky. But Anthony yep. Miller is in my stock rising segment. Michael, who you got? Uh, Joe Mixon. Really balled out against New England. 25 rushes, 136 yards, three receptions, 20 yards. If we told you Mixon was going to score 16 fantasy points without scoring a touchdown against New England, you probably wouldn't have believed me. Half PPR format. Huge game for Joe Mixon. He has been balling out since the bye week. 
and now he gets Miami to end the season. So if you somehow made the playoffs with Joe Mixon on your roster, you should be ecstatic because he has a blow-up game against Miami in championship weekend. Um, Joe Mixon is a guy I'm changing my tune on going into next season. Uh, I think that one of the one of the things about Joe Mixon was that he was playing on a bad team and that he wasn't getting the ball enough. Well, they made changes. Zach Taylor tailored the offense a little bit differently after the bye week. Mostly the change was going to Ryan Finley, forced them to give the ball to Joe Mixon. And they noticed that, hey, when we give the ball to this Joey guy, good things happen. Totally, brother. And he continues to get the ball. He continues to get it. So um, I am getting a little bullish on Joe Mixon going into next year. Um, he's been someone I've been avoiding in drafts, but I don't know if I, I don't know if next year I wouldn't be happy if I got him around the second round if he was available. There's going to be people reaching for him in the first round. It's going to be a mistake again. But if I, can I get mean, him I, the second I round, I'd like be happy. to see if Cincinnati makes any additions before claiming Joe Mixon a good draft day pick because we've been off him the last two years and it's been successful. Um, Michael, who's your first stock riser? I literally just told you Joe Mixon. Then who's your second stock riser? I guess I'll go twice in a row. Maybe you don't like going. I I mean, I'll go if you want. No, for me, it's (laughs) someone I talked about last week, former Houston University quarterback, Greg Ward Jr., out here, balling for the Eagles, the only receiver to catch a ball for Philly last week. Seven receptions, 61 yards and a touchdown, including the beautiful... Touchdown in the end zone to take the lead or tie the game. One of those two things. What a great Either way, very important. Yeah. And going to Dallas next week is obviously not a great situation. What a great game that's going to be, though. Yeah. Can we one time one time for the actual game game? Yeah. Not just fantasy? That's going to be a fucking phenomenal game. That it, the winner is likely to win the yes. division. And and Jerry Jones might, might have to publicly execute one of the Cowboys if they don't win. <laughs> Yeah, Greg Ward Jr., look, I'm not saying to add him and start him next week against Dallas, which is a tough matchup. I'm just saying now he's in that wide receiver four, wide receiver five territory if you're in a super deep league. And he uh, he played better than expected last week. I got my guy, Ty Locky. He's back. Lock it up. Tyler Lockett up, a ba-doom doom ching. Tyler Lockett comes back with a bang. We I mentioned this last week, that it was hard to trust Tyler Lockett, but he was sick. I mentioned it a few times. Every single time I had the mic and I was talking about Tyler Lockett, I mentioned, hey, after the game, he said all he wants to do is go home and go to bed because he was so sick. Well, he got out of that drought eight catches for 121 yards and a touchdown. He was wide open on one of his touchdowns. Now, this was also a product of the fact that Carolina cannot stop a nosebleed. Luckily, next week, he plays a team that cannot stop a nosebleed either, and that's the Arizona Cardinals, a big lockup spot for Tyler Lockett. Now, you got to think, like I said before, the Seahawks are currently the number one seed in the NFC, and when you're talking about the Seahawks playing in front of the 12s, they are 10-0 all-time in playoff games in front of the 12s. That is a giant advantage for the Seahawks. They're going to want to play. They're going to put all their resources down. I think Tyler Lockett's stock is rising. Anyone who has Tyler Lockett and has survived the Tyler Lockett cold streak, congratulations. You have your wide receiver back, and he should be in a good place going into next week. So Tyler Lockett's stock for me, way, 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 way up. 
He still has some risk going into next week. I don't care what I you say. I don't even think there's any risk. I'm playing him with supreme confidence. If you say so. My last uh, stock rising is someone who we already discussed, Jameis Winston. Back-to-back 450-yard passing games. What's most important here, and this doesn't even have to do with fantasy, the Buccaneers are on a four-game winning streak, dude. Yeah. They went from 3-7 and seven to 7-7. Seven and seven. If the uh, NFC was worse... They'd have a chance of even sneaking into the playoffs. If they if they were in the AFC. Yeah, if they were in the AFC, they'd be on the come up like, oh, maybe Jameis Winston could actually lead this team to the playoffs. He's been balling out, and they've been winning nonstop, at least 28 points in every game during their winning streak. Their only loss in their last six games was to New Orleans. Prior to that, they beat Arizona, putting up 30 points. Their offense has just been rolling, and now they get Houston this week. Jameis Winston is a top three option, and he has a chance to go... For 450 yards for a third straight game and be the only quarterback to do that again. Bam, bam. Um, my my next guy is Tyler Higby. Now, I mentioned that I like Tyler Higby for a bunch of reasons. Number one, he was getting targeted a lot. Number two, they've changed their formation a lot. But one thing that no one was talking about is that he got an extension during the season this year. They extended him. They, you don't extend players that you don't like. Gerald Everett went down, and Tyler Higby is getting a chance to flash Dude, when did the Rams become the number one tight end usage team in the league? 14 targets for 111 yards. 12 receptions. That's crazy. He's been the second, the tight end two uh, ever since Gerald Everett went down. And if Gerald Everett stays down, Tyler Higby is someone who can win people championships, especially people who have been streaming tight ends. Crazy. Um, The dude who I told to sit Prashad Perriman this week for Brodo, I told him to sit Prashad Perriman for Tyler Higby. If I knew Tyler Higby was going to go 12 for 111, I would have said absolutely sit Rashad Perriman for Tyler Higby. The fact that Perriman scored three touchdowns will haunt me forever. Yeah, I mean, I mean no one could blame you. Yeah. He did get 14 receptions. Crazy. I mean, he got 14 targets to Perriman's six. Yeah. It's just that Perriman caught big ones from Jameis Winston, yeah. and that was the difference. But Tyler Higby had a fantastic game, and if Gerald Everett sits uh, next week, they do play San Francisco. So it's, but if there's anyone to start in that game, it's Higby. Because you thought Robert Woods, and I don't think he's in, is he in your stock down segment? He's not. He's not in mine either. And I mean, Robert Woods, what a, what a, what, what a, a letdown. What a real letdown performance. from A lot of people were, that the team where Dalvin Cook went down, I also had Robert Woods in that squad and he ended up shooting the bed for me too. That's rough. Ah, sometimes, you know, fantasy, it happens. It's a love-hate relationship with me and fantasy. Um, are you done or you got one more? I'm done. Let's go to our last segment. The last time we're doing these segments, man. I'm a little sad. Well, until next year, of course. Until next year, of course. But we got, for those of you who are listening here, Monday we're going to come with another special episode. So the Monday episodes are not over yet, although next week is probably our last Monday episode for non-patrons. Patreon.com slash veterans. Oh, my God. Did it again. Patreon.com slash brotofantasy. <laughs> It's like muscle memory, dude. Patreon.com. I mean, you did say that for years. Yeah, for years and years. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy if you want to continue getting two episodes a week. Straight for the patrons. Word up. Holla at your boy. Uh, Michael, let's get to a stock falling segment. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The Dow traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. 
let's, let's talk, talk about, about deteriorating markets. Let's talk about the. You know what's a deteriorating market? The quarterback situation for the Detroit Lions. And we mentioned this. Um, Kenny Galladay for two straight weeks found the end zone on a ridiculous catch or on a salvaging his day surprise salvaging his day. And we said that he might not find the end zone in this one. And a lot of people were asking us about Galladay in the live stream. And we said sit Galladay almost every time, despite the fact that he was playing Tampa Bay, because the bottom line is unless he caught a crazy touchdown, he wasn't going to be relevant. Well, we were right. Seven targets, only three receptions for 44 yards, 5.9 half point PPR points. Um, and Kenny Galladay shit the bed. And this is the guy who you counted on. This is a guy who led the league in touchdowns for a period of time. Um, has a history of kind of sucking in good matchups and playing well in bad ones. But with that being said, he has Denver next week. And you just cannot trust David Blau to get him the ball. So... His stock is way down for me. He's not even... I, I I don't even think he's in the wide receiver three conversation. It's going to be a touchdown to save him or nothing. It's it's going to be a risky start. Right. David Blau has been so bad. It's It's been... <laughs> Outside of that one game against Chicago where he played one good quarter, basically. Right, where he surprised everyone. Yeah. Like, most of his production, again, came on a, 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 slant, a sluggo route. If you don't know what a sluggo route is, it's like a slant and go. Where it was the second play of the game... And they completely caught Prince Mukamara creeping. Yeah. And he wanted to steal it from the young kid, and he got caught in the sluggo. And that was the big play. And really, besides that, it wasn't really anything else. So um, hard to ever trust Kenny Galladay again this season. Yeah. Uh, my first stock down, Le'Veon Bell. Going to play Pittsburgh next week. I understand the ginormous revenge narrative here. I also understand the ginormous terribleness of Le'Veon Bell. Ah, you, for, Outside of, of week one this of season. Of Le'Veon Bell, though? Or of the situation Le'Veon Bell's in? The situation is combined. Le'Veon Bell transpires from the situation. Uh, I don't know. He, I, outside he, of week one. He's been a good running back, in my opinion. Outside of week one, he has not scored more than 16.5 fantasy points once. Multiple games in double digits, back-to-back games in sing- I mean, multiple games in single digits, back-to-back games in single digits. Gets Pittsburgh, who has been the best running uh, defending team against the against the running back for weeks now. Like, they just locked down opposing running backs fantasy-wise. I don't even remember the last running back to score a touchdown against them. I'd have to look that up. But you, I don't see how you could trust Le'Veon Bell as, as anything more than a low-end RB2 next week. Yeah, I mean, that's over. Um, the Jets are going to get the number six pick again and pick another defensive tackle. I think that's yeah, what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> the next one on, this guy really shit your team because he had a plus matchup in a game that should have been amazing for him. And what did he do? He goes and fumbles twice and then gets benched. Melvin Gordon, 28 rushing yards. Five catches for 36 receiving yards and two lost fumbles. The Chargers as a team had not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six. Seven turnovers last week against Minnesota. And the Minnesota Vikings completely annihilated the Chargers, who look like they already are thinking about vacation in Los Angeles. Um, I follow a bunch of the guys on Twitter. 
uh, on the Chargers and on a bunch of teams. And on Saturday, Melvin Gordon was at Melvin Ingram's new house, and they were making TikToks of Melvin Ingram throwing money. So, I mean, that... I mean, that is not a team that's ready to play, and it showed. They do play Oakland next week, so another plus matchup for Melvin Gordon. So I wouldn't be opposed to running him back out there, but a really, really, really shitty performance. And um, Melvin Gordon start was starting to look like that guy that you knew from the past, the guy that had he not held out would have probably been the number five overall pick in, in fantasy this year. Um, he was not that guy last week, so... Yeah. And then Justin Jackson had seven touches, and Eckler had 12. Like, how do you give Justin Jackson that many touches to Eckler? When Melvin Gordon fumbles (sighs) twice. Unbelievable. My next stock down, David Montgomery. He's been on this list early and often, and the reason I have him here is because he has a matchup, a tremendous matchup against KC next week, and I still wouldn't want to trust him. Oof. Rough. Through the last... One, two, three, four, five, six games. He surpassed six and a half fantasy points once. <laughs> Imagine a guy getting this much work surpassing six and a half fantasy points one at a time through six weeks with tremendous matchups mixed in there against Detroit, the Giants, Dallas, and Green Bay. He has been an absolute disaster for Chicago. You know, man, and there was there were some guys that we had on this show, really respected guys. That came on this show and just could not talk enough about how much they loved David Montgomery from college and how he was going to transition well to the NFL. Could not talk enough about it. And he's sucked. He has. And he's yeah. done some dancing in the backfield and he looks like he's not ready. Hopefully this is a situation of less like rookie mistakes and not being coached right. And he gets his shit together. Either way, it's rough. Because he doesn't even he doesn't look like he even has the body to be a, a superstar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just doesn't look the part, so I hope that they're wrong because I I hope that they're that I'm wrong and they're not wrong because I think David Montgomery that was the X factor this year for Chicago. A lot of people like to put it on the back of Mitchell Trubisky, but Mitchell Trubisky is a playmaker who goes off play action. And last year Jordan Howard, say what you want about him, he couldn't catch passes, he wasn't explosive, sure, but he never got less than four yards to carry. That guy was falling forward every time. Yep. So linebackers had to be committed to him on every single play action. And it made a huge difference in that offense. So they're going to need a running threat this this year. That's for sure. Um, in the upcoming year. Um, LaShawn McCoy is my last stock down. Look, if you cannot trust LaShawn McCoy in a snowy game, um, in a game script that wasn't a quote-unquote blowout till later, you, know you how can't the, trust them. Do you know how the snap counts went for that team? It was almost even. Spencer Ware, Darwin Thompson, LaShawn McCoy. Right. And it was almost even Spencer across the board. Spencer Ware. Led the, lead the team. And that's why uh, another thing that we did in on the live stream was we said avoid all running backs for Kansas City. Yeah. We mentioned that, yo, everyone was going crazy because there was a winter storm in Kansas City. Should I, should I bench this guy? Should I bench this guy? Should I bench that guy? There was only eight mile power winds. Snow doesn't make a big difference. Wind does. Yeah. So if you're one of those guys who tuned into the live uh, live stream and did not sit one of your Kansas City Chiefs, um, including Pat Mahomes, including, Cra- including Travis Kelsey, who went ham, including Tyree Kill, who went super ham, then congratulations. But we did tell you to, to bench these running backs. Yep. Uh, my last stock down is a, a double entendre for you at the tight end position. Double entendre! First off, Kyle Rudolph. 
Uh, with Adam Thielen back, only saw three targets. Did go three for 48, but, I mean, Irv Smith caught the red zone touchdown. Just with Thielen, with Diggs and Thielen on the field, Kyle Rudolph has not been trustworthy all season. So. Which sucks because he's been really good with Thielen out, but hopefully you have, like, a Tyler Higby to take his place. Yeah, don't start him. And then last, going into a great matchup, but, man, has how his just stock on the team has fallen, and it's been odd, Hunter Henry. Two targets, two receptions, 29 yards, and a fumble lost last week. If you play with minus two deductions for fumbles lost, that's 1.9 points. Two, three weeks ago against Denver, three targets, two receptions, 10 yards. Jacksonville, four targets, two receptions, 39 yards. Luckily, he scored a touchdown. But, I mean, that's nine targets over the last three games. He had nine targets against KC in Week 11. Ten targets against Green Bay in Week 9. Like, he was the focal point of that offense for a little bit, and that has completely changed here uh, with just at the end of the season. So I don't I don't know what's going on. They get Oakland next week, which is a tremendous matchup for tight ends, but you have to be very nervous about starting Hunter Henry at this point. So it kind of has coincided with Keenan Allen stepping up. And Keenan Allen was not seeing anything, and now Keenan Allen is having good fantasy games. Yeah. So it's it's interesting how that correlates. Uh, is that it for us? I believe so, my man. That's it for us. That was our recap episode. The last recap episode of the year. Thank you, all of you who... This is our first year doing a Monday episode. So thank you, all of you, for who decided that you loved us enough to listen to us twice. Um, a special shout-out to those of you who love, love us enough to listen to us three times. That is... Um, the Patreon episode too. Yes. Patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Uh, if you want to sign up. Also, BrodoFantasy.com for true throw and true target values. Um, holla at your boy. Mike, right. where can they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. At Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real frisky. frisky. For those of you who are Patreon exclusive members, don't forget we have our waiver wire episode for you. It is dropping tomorrow, early tomorrow, earlier than usual. We're going to make it happen that you get this maybe even on your commute to work so you can work those waiver wires. Um, and then, of course, our Twitter is going to be open all day, every day. All day. To answer any questions you I need. I could do this all day. That's right. So let's continue doing it. Yep. Um, remember, patreon.com slash brotofantasy, brotofantasy.com, and, um, you know, stjude.com if you want to be good during the holiday season. Oh, that blew me for a twist. Yeah. I, mean, I can't even speak real words anymore. That's my mom's. I was not expecting it. That's Saint my Jude's. mom's favorite charity. Yeah. Shout out to St. Jude's, though. Yeah. They do a lot of good work there. Yeah. Give them some money. All right. All right. <laughs> Later. Later. <laughs>